Hi folks, uh, no content warnings at this point in the recording. It's a letter show, so I may be back re-recording this later. Uh, also of note is noises happen, mostly from dogs and cats. Uh, although the oven will be going off in a little bit because I've got dinner in there and I'm going to have to go pull it out. It's a thing that happens. Uh, so yeah, be aware, noises happen. And also swearing happens. Because we tend to swear a lot when we get emotional, or excitable, or it's Tuesday. Uh, it's actually Wednesday now, so there's a higher likelihood of swearing. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> uh, so that's why we're marked explicit. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 182. So, hey, there was a coup. There, yes, yeah. So in between the recording, like... The day I re we re before, like the the coup we the recorded US the day before shit went down. Yeah, do I have to? I'm gonna now see. Now I have to go back and put a content warning. What about the coup? Yeah, I don't think anyone is going to listen to this and expect it not to come up. That's true. Yeah, That's uh, true. our buddy Jen was listening, going, "Wow, it seems so innocent from the before time." Yeah, it was. I, I actually did go back and re-record a a little notice that this happened before. Shit went down on Wednesday. Yes. And uh, my productivity was absolutely shot. Like, everything went basically in the shitter. Uh, yeah. It, pretty much everybody I know was just like, nothing is getting done. I'm glued to Twitter. Uh, what the fuck is going on? Oh, my God. This isn't really happening. It is really happening. How bad is it? Oh, wow. It's so much worse than we thought it was. Wow. That could have been really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so we went from, like, all coup to mostly coup, a little bit of work, to about 50-50, to check Twitter, do a little work, check Twitter, do a little work. Oh, they're impeaching him. All right. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, been, uh, yeah, so if you did not get shit done this week, uh, we give, we grant you absolution in yeah. our powers as hosts of Productivity Alchemy. Kevin, you say it'll sound more impressive. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, you have my permission to have not gotten shit done. Yes. Um, I, I, I also gave, I think I gave that permission on Twitter. Yes. I had a, a Twitter thread about it because, let's, let's be honest, and I'll talk, I'll link that and we'll talk about it later because there was an email there's oh, a, a yes. letter about it, um, but it was I I just I just felt it was important to say. Yeah. You know, like nobody was sitting there saying it's okay if you're not able to get shit done, and totally was. Like I know there are people who are beating themselves up. Like I was beating myself up with the why can't I focus? Why can't I get these things done? I'm in the middle of an article series, right? I, by the way, the first of the 21 Days of Productivity came out on the 11th, which was really cool. Uh, so I was like, you know, I'm like, I got to get, I'm ahead of this thing. I'm going to be great. And then shit went down. And suddenly I, it took me like three or four days to get back into the groove and starting to produce articles again. Yeah, um, I, my writing like tanked. I managed to kind of catch up a little on the weekend, but... I literally have a novella due in due tomorrow if you're listening to this Thursday and I'm not done. And the thing is my editor might totally respect right the <laughs> I couldn't get this done on time because coup uh and probably would, but I'm saving that for 
I think the third act falls apart because coup, and uh, I only want to use it for one thing. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's that's fair. Yeah. So uh, it's it's been touch and go all week on productivity, right? Like. <laughs> mostly go very little touch uh, yeah but i mean it's like i'm i'm going i'm going someone pings me because something happened and then that's like an hour gone and uh, it is so hard right now to not be constantly checking the social networks and news and whatever i had the hearings on for a while today and i mean the day trump lost his twitter account none of us were doing shit like, uh, except good... laughing hysterically. Yeah, the good news was, uh, because we had a shutdown day Yeah. this past Friday, I wasn't working. So, you know, I was just trying to watch the, the articles, but we were having too much, just or trying to write the articles, watch the articles, um, write the articles. So it was, it was, yeah, something else. Like, um, there is... You you cannot be expected to act normal when the world is not acting normal. Yeah, and I, I saw a thread of somebody talking about, well, it was, you know, it just seems really bad right now. And I'm like, but in the past, and I'm like, thinking about it, I'm going, no, no, I, I, don't, I, I don't think, I, there is no precedent for this. None. Not since uh, the mid-1800s. Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to, we're, we're just going to, you know, let that. Slide, kind okay, of, sort of. Let, let us uh, rephrase. There's no precedent for that in the United States. Many, okay. many people in other countries have dealt with this already and probably have great coping mechanisms. Uh, feel free to write us and share what those are yeah. if you live in a country that has more experience with coups than we do. Well, um, I try not to. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that was our week. Well, I mean, you know, I got my my series is is being well received. Um, the water on the dog's dish has uh, has run out or has run below the threshold. That is keep... now roaring in the background. Yeah, I'll just I'll just slide this. That'll help. Um, so there is there is that. I've played a lot of Borderlands Three. Yeah. I did get my copy edits done on the next Paladin Romance. Still hoping for February, despite the world. Despite the world. I I turned 50. That Happy was birthday. this week. Wow. Yeah. It just feels feels like it was forever ago, but it was two days ago. Yeah. Crazy, right? Bean Dad was last week. Bean Dad was last week. I know. Yeah. Everything's a lot. Everything is a lot. We so. won Georgia. We did. Last week. We did. Last week. I say we. Stacey Abrams did most of the heavy lifting. Oh, yeah. We we just, you know, donated money. But, <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing, is like, we are so wrapped up right now in the happening. Yeah. That it is very difficult to do other things. And so... Yeah, it's you, know, you are not a terrible yeah. person or even unusual for not being able to concentrate on any of this. So Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's I mean that's been us. That's been us. Um 
So we're gonna we're gonna do a shorter, a little short intro this week. I'm I'm racing against the oven timer. Is what I'm racing. Yes, against. and then we will go and uh, t- and then we will take your questions. From your point of view, we'll take your questions almost immediately. From our point of view, we will have had chicken pot pies. Yes, uh, because chicken pot pies are one of the great comfort foods, in my opinion. Yes, yes. So we will have that for you. All your letters right after this. Woo. letters uh i i love letters i mean not like i i like receiving the letters from the everybody in your comments and stuff so okay but a couple of these are also uh for you all right before we start uh i wanted to uh suggest the link to coup self-care uh from sarah gailey ah uh, yes who uh basically did a post and and it's it's uh, very straightforward stuff in the, are you breathing? Are you drinking water? Are you, you know, is there uh, that kind of thing? But it, things like this are often helpful. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, here's another thing that is, is possibly part of the self-care regime um, from Corey. Hi, Kevin. Just finished reading Ursula's book, uh, The Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking. Ooh. Could you please let her know I really enjoyed Wizards, and I'm wondering if she's planning anything else in that world book-wise, like knackering Molly's story. Also left a review, uh, since I know those are always helpful to authors. They are. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, is that the whole letter? Uh, no. Also okay. love the line in the acknowledgments about how T. Kingfisher is her what-I-feel-like-writing channel. Hope you and everyone else at the house are doing as well as can be expected. We are doing as well as can be expected. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I am so glad you liked it. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. I. It's one of those worlds that I would not mind revisiting. I don't have anything currently uh, loaded up, as it were, but... It's uh, there is certainly an idea that has been kicking around for ages that I would love to pursue, possibly with uh, with Mona's you know slightly older self. Now that I am not uh, trying to convince publishers to buy it, uh, right? Yeah, it. Um, so yeah, uh, if you read it and liked it and haven't read any of the other of my other work, the closest in feel and which is sort of probably the same world, although there's no overlap at all, is Minor Mage, which uh, very similar. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it is a fun little world, and I would like to do more in it. I uh, yes. So- I honestly, I I if I had known it was going to hit as big as it did. I would have started other books in that world, but uh, like I, I wrote that thing. I started that thing in 2007. You know, I finished it in 2012. It sat around for a long time, and then I thought it was just going to be a blip on the radar. I did not expect it to be like the most popular thing I've ever written. 
crazy, really. Um, a sign of the times. It's, uh, you know, cops but, can't be trusted and sourdough starter just. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, there was, there was like, I, I, Shep was screaming something about stop writing reality, <laughs> but. I can't be blamed for this one. This one happened yeah. a lot sooner than that. Although lots of people were like, wow, did you just write this? Is this so timely? I'm like, no, the, all the bits you thought I wrote, you know, in response to the the world right now not in the slightest those have, were finished back in 2012 yeah I, I read them at the time yes yeah yeah um i have a slew of comments from uh michelle aka pigment uh from uh, a former guest our guest liaison at Arisia. oh hi um, yeah so uh first off from episode 177 uh about um cooking rice uh yes on machine for cooking rice i use my instapot for it as i only ever cook one type of rice and the oatmeal overnight oats that are in the fridge but yes my kids eat so much rice that being able to tell them to do it and just uh get to push a button and it comes out right i bought the fryer lid for the instapot so i can make tater tots in it i'm not very good at it i tried fr fried fish and the fish came out very dry i'm not good at finding instructions on how to fry with this lid, like time and temperature, and do I use the stand and the basket, and so on. And as for kids being good roommates, we already know this is a struggle. We keep trying. <laughs> Believe me, it, it is a struggle. And um, th that's kind of the reason I got the dedicated air fryer, is I saw there were air fryer lids for the Instant Pot, but I have that. I have three things going at once. Like, if I've got my beans in the Instant Pot and I want the tater tots done at the same time, they go in the air fryer. And if I want rice as an alternate, well, I can't put the as rice As I recall, Dino sold you on the air fryer. Oh, Dino yeah. was like, you oh, want yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think you recommended it to our friend John Rosenberg online, who uh, was like, we have just made fries in it. I am a hero to the children. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something about, and uh, I've had a couple of people tell me they're like, oh well, I already have like a convection toaster oven, and I'm like, it it for some things it just isn't the same because you get better circulation. I I don't yeah. know what it is, but uh, the air fryer is pretty badass. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, from episode 172, um, like Michelle suddenly had like this spurt in late December of catching up. And um, we are glad to hear it, Michelle, because otherwise, you know, the letter show would be us staring at each other. I've and, got a big update from Michelle a little in, in a couple more letters. Okay. Um, but uh, our younger was doing biphasic sleep in order to manage the delayed sleep cycle. And they have the light strips as well. They wanted them to make their room more gay as it cycles through rainbow colors. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, Oh, I did that when I was uh, working in, yeah. at uh, a crappy job uh, at Prudential Insurance, and I would get up at uh, like 5.30 a.m. I would go to work. I would be home by uh, like 3. I would sleep for four hours. I would work until after midnight, and then I would sleep another four hours. It's... Uh, you can do it, but the problem is that once you hit the I need to be asleep now, you really need to be asleep yeah. now. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah and yeah. I could totally do it. Like uh, Kevin will testify, I have sort of broken into that frequently mm -hmm. where long nap in the afternoon, uh, you know, uh, and then the morning. But uh, it's, <sighs> I can do it. 
it's it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, if I wanted to stick to a strict regimen, I probably could, but it's Ooh. Yeah. A couple more things to, to add to the links. Um, also for Michelle, I just bought the Life X strip lights, and they're really helping me because it mimics daylight. Oh, cool. Um, uh, her husband, Alan, got the Lumos from Circadian Optics. Uh, both are highly recommended. And then, now we're, now I'm going to, a little bit on this one. Um, Kevin, this is in reference to uh, episode 171, small nitpick. Pastrami King was in Kew Garden Hills. Okay. When I lived in New York, and this was the early 90s, like 92. Oh, I see. This is a religious issue. Not not really. No, 94 to 96 was when I lived in New York. And I would get off at the Union Square Kew Garden Station, and I would, it was like, Pastrami King was like, a block down the hill from there. So I always think of it as Kew Gardens. It may be Kew Gardens Hills. That's kind of one of those, that's like one of those border areas. Like a lot of people were calling it Jamaica. Jamaica was like the next stop down the line. And so I didn't think of it as Jamaica, but, you know, some people were like, oh, you live out in Jamaica. I'm like, no, I don't live that far out. But um, also, interesting tidbit, the, um, the murder that was, you know, famously cited and cited wrong among a whole bunch of other things, but that also gave rise to the modern 911 system, I could literally see the spot where it had happened 20, 30 years before from my apartment in Queens. So like right there on on uh, Alston Street. It was, uh, when I realized that after I had left, I was like, wow, that's, that's, I don't know if that was cool or disturbing or what, but it was nifty. Anyway, that's, that's, yeah. Um, also, uh, from Michelle to Claire, um, so many people are quick to remind you to take care of yourself, including me. I try and make the pieces of self-care I offer as tools to be manageable, even when things are too much. My usually, my usual first one is 10 deep breaths three times a day. Each of those times should take no more than 60 seconds. No matter how much, um, you have, this is likely doable. Uh, modulo breathing issues. Yeah. Um, yesterday on a day off, I went to ask a friend um, if what I had planned for my day was too much. Then I realized that if I had to ask them, then the answer is yes. So I didn't do all of that. It was much more enjoyable, relaxing day. Hope you're having good days. Um, yeah. Thank you, Michelle. And yeah, that is that is something I've had to start doing myself. Am I asking myself to do too much today? Okay. Let's drop some things because they're just not going to get done. So, yeah. Um, and we'll have uh, the final update, the big long update from Michelle uh, right after this message from Dana. Hello, Kevin and Ursula. I loved the Blue Bean Project Ursula talked about in the last letter show. Yay! I absolutely love beans to the point where my sister teases me about it. And I looked up the Blue Bean Project hashtag Ursula talked about. The deep color of blue on these beans Ursula sent to Dr. Abby is gorgeous. So here's a question for Ursula. Do you have any good recipe resources for beans? Also, what would you say are your favorite bean varieties to eat? Uh, this is over to Kevin because I don't cook. Um, frankly, uh, the best bean recipes, there's the one that, that came in your bean book, um, which I have a copy of. Uh, it was, it was very hand wavy though. Um, yes. The, the, the one thing about the recipe is it says you 
you know, make X, make Y, make Z. No specifics, just cook X, cook Y. Like, how much water, you know, what's my water to bean ratio? Well, just cover the beans. I'm like, okay, time out. You know, I mean, so, but overall, I mean, yeah, they were good, flavorful beans that tasted like beans. You could really feel the texture of them. Uh, that is the Rancho Gordo bean yeah. book. I would all I would they have a Rancho Gordo cookbook. Uh, Rancho Gordo specializes in beans. I also suggest the Cool Beans uh, cookbook. Uh, which, do I have that one? Yes, you do. Okay. And uh, <laughs> the one thing um, it's it's funny. My favorite bean recipe actually doesn't isn't uh, any specific bean other than black beans. It's yeah. a, a, a chipotle black bean thing that Kevin does. That's freaking amazing. It has like ancho chilies. Oh, you should make that this coming week or something. Yeah, I'll yeah. get the stuff. Um, I think it, we may already have the stuff because it's cold out, and you know, and that is yeah, the bomb. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've also just found a recipe for um, beef stew I want to try. Mm -hmm. So, uh, no, this one came in an instant pot cookbook, and yeah. I'll link the cookbook because it's uh, it's a phenomenal cookbook, and I've, I've made several things out of the, out of it, and they're generally pretty good. There are some things that are better than others, as with oh, all yeah. cookbooks. Uh, as for specific beans, I think uh, probably the best individual bean is uh, Mother Stollard. Is uh, that one seems, yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, it's pretty solid, uh, it's yeah. a very pretty bean, and it makes uh, it's well known as having like the best pot liquor of any you know of the beans. Yes. Uh, other than that, generally, uh, frankly, I don't uh, divvy my I don't grow enough of most <laughs> of mine. So we just have a big mess of beans at the end, and I'm mm -hmm. like, here, cook Make these. Beans. Yeah. And uh, they all just come out kind of beany. But uh, Mother Stollard would be the one I'd recommend. Um, and really, any bean that you can grow where you are is a good bean. I could probably do more with individual varieties mm -hmm. if I didn't insist on growing so many different types. Like, um, yeah. if I would just grow uh, one or two types, then I would have plenty and we could do them individually. But I love them and I keep, you know, planting like two plants of this one and eight, three plants of that one and one plant of this one. And it's an so addiction. So on and so forth, yeah. Um, also in the same vein... Ursula talked about a book about the history of salt a few episodes back. Yes. Any additional recommendations for really interesting food, science, or history books? Cod. Or maybe podcasts, if not books. Cod by the same guy who wrote the salt book. Okay. And, Cod. Uh, and you would not think that Cod would be that interesting. Cod, like, ran the world for a while. <laughs> uh, the, really? It is very likely that the Basque fishermen who were doing all of the cod fishing reached America like before Leif Erikson. They just didn't bother to do anything about it because they weren't getting out of the boat because they were doing too much with cod. They wow. were like right off the Atlantic shore. Uh, yeah, it's uh, cod. Who knew? But there you go. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my, my main one. Um also, uh, uh, Kevin, talk while I look up my... Well, I'm, I'm going to roll through the rest, or maybe podcasts, if not books. I've been suffering from a bit of a burnout since Nano in November. I did 63,000 words that month. Go you! And I think geeky food science and history books are the way to go for recuperation entertainment. I always go to nonfiction, too. 
Yep. Or maybe broader weird nature books or podcasts that you can recommend. Ursula is the queen of cool weird nature facts, so I figure she's the number one person to ask. I, I'll be honest with you. I really enjoyed um, A Square Meal, uh, which is a history of cooking and uh, diet around the Great Depression. And it isn't a recipe book, although it has a couple in it. It's much more around the uh, sociology and the government efforts and all of the, all of the, I guess, the mechanics that we don't really talk about Um both going into the depression in terms of nutrition science and then coming out on the other side and uh, how that impacted. And it is a fascinating read. Um, and so I've been, since then, I've sort of been like digging around and picking up recipe recipes here and there from the depression. I've found a new YouTube channel with uh, uh, a woman who had lived through the Great Depression and would make these made these recipes uh, with her, um, I guess, grandson at that point, maybe her son. And they filmed it, and uh, sadly she passed away at 98 um, a couple years ago. Um, but it's, it's fascinating to hear some of the stories around it as well. I will link to that channel because it is golden. Uh, Mark Kurlansky is the name of the uh, guy who wrote Salt and also the book on Cod, which I think is right. called Cod. Uh, I always also recommend um, Robert McFarlane or McFarlane, uh, who writes these. Uh, it's nonfiction, but it's it's very. He's clearly a poet, so they're very, um, very elegant. And uh, he talks about uh, like uh, he wrote a book about just uh, words that are specific <laughs> to very very specialized words um, that are vanishing, like uh, you know. Uh, hair path or whatever, which is the the track made by a rabbit under a hedge or a wall, that kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and yeah. and and, and it, mostly in in Europe, but uh, uh, I think even in Britain. But uh, you know, so you get Welsh words and and Cornish words and things that are just for these incredibly specific. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, Things and uh, lots of people have pointed out that you know if you have a word for something, you can talk about it. And if you don't have a word for it, you may be able to talk about it, but you're much less likely to. And so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you can always make up a new word or you can, you can describe it in, you know, another language or whatnot, but it's not quite the same as it being such an intimate part of your life that, uh, that you have a specific word for it. And lots of things like that. Um, so this was it was it was really good. Uh, so Robert McFarlane, uh, very good stuff. Barry Lopez just passed away. His nonfiction essays are always worth reading. Uh, again, those those tend to be more more poetic, I suppose. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm flipping through. Take take your time because there is another random question for Kevin. Yes, go. If you could, would you have an uh, Ayam Samani, the super melanistic breed of chicken with solid black feathers, beak, skin, meat, and bones, uh, commence with the chicken chatter? Um, you know, I, I have thought about it, and early on I really wanted one, and then uh, they, they're not inexpensive. Um, they're expensive as hell. Or they used to be. Or used to be, yeah. And also, I can guarantee you, that I would spend money on one and it would get eaten. 
I had two Houdan, modeled Houdan roosters, and one decided he was just going to leave and not come back, and we're pretty sure uh, he, uh, a, a fox had him over for dinner kind of thing. Uh, where he was the dinner, poor guy. Uh, but I mean, that's that's what happens. Uh, I've actually been looking at this year's, kind of kind of looking for this year's like hatching plans and things, and I'm actually looking more towards um, uh, bantam cushions. Uh, there were a couple other things, some full size cushions. Um, uh, you were thinking of getting some uh, full size model Houdans so that Daryl could maybe have a yeah, lady some, of his some, own. Some uh, model Houdan hens. Um, I've also been looking at the genetics of comb structure, as it were, because someone oh god made the suggestion that, hey, I'm surprised you're not trying to breed a cochin with the V-comb like the Houdans and the LaFletch had. And upon reflection, I realized that this was a thing I could possibly do. Uh, so that, that may be coloring sort of my, my planning around next generation chickens for a couple years. I mean, we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, but uh, that's that's still, that's that's like in the long-term project. Long-term project. Um, anyway, back to Dana. Uh, as always, thank you uh, both for being wonderful and providing such a positive little corner for all of us to come and be encouraged. Uh, I do my best. Uh, I yeah. get angry a lot. Also, uh, Charles C. Mann's 1491 and 1493 are fascinating books on uh, the world just before and just after uh, European colonization. Um, and yeah. 1491 in particular is mind-blowing. I mean, we I don't know if you're in the U.S., Dana, but... Yeah, just over the mountains in Tennessee. Oh, well, hi. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, but the... the uh, the shit we don't get taught in school in the right. U.S. could fill hundreds of books. And one of the things is nobody really talks about the political structures that were in place among the natives when we got here. Right. The Incan Empire was vast and huge. The Aztecs, oh, yeah. you know, the mound builders. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of stuff. So that is a fascinating read, and I, uh, I recommend that highly. Uh Speaking of Daryl, he's having his moment out there. Oh, are we getting okay? That, I, I think that's enough for this, okay. this episode. Yeah. Um, so ah, here's the big, the big catch up. Um, I have in the last week. This is from Michelle. Uh, caught up on all episodes since June, and here's an update for your next letter show. Hey, here we go. Um, sorry for all the comments on individual episodes. In August, we adopted a new dog. I think I shared that on Twitter. However, he's the best. His name is Sirius Dogstar, and he's a three-year-old, 55-pound Pitbull Chocolate Lab mix. That dog has more energy than God, doesn't he? He's a cuddler and my shadow. Soon after getting him, we realized that there was something up with his back, and x-rays showed uh, bilateral uh, partially torn ACLs. The rescue agency, upon seeing the x-rays, confirmed that the injuries preceded the adoption and they offered to reimburse us for the surgery. That was fantastic. So if you want to support an agency, Last Hope Canine are wonderful people. Good for them. I'll add a, I'll, I'll add a link. I'll add a link. Um, so, yeah. Um, he's still recovering and has three more weeks of limited activity. Bored dog is so bored. Sirius is a Full throttle dog and doesn't have a slow speed. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
This has been really hard on him. We have a number of puzzle toys and other things, but he still wants to run. He's absolutely wonderful, well-mannered, and tolerant of human shenanigans. That's been taking up a lot of time. I've been working and have seen more clients since shifting fully remote than I did in person. Far fewer no-shows, some cancels, but overall it's been very good. I'm enjoying not commuting. I'm looking into how to shift to doing remote therapy in perpetuity. It's actually helped me recover from burnout. Good. sleep in until just before sessions start. If someone cancels, I don't have to worry. If I have time to go to the gym, I can just do 15 to 20 minutes of exercise with no problems, go for a walk, or snuggle the dog. I'm still using Dalio and the Habit Tracker. My migraines have mostly stopped, so I'm only using Migraine Buddy when needed. I'm still using Clue, but their latest update turned them into an app that talks more about fertility. I sent them an email about how this makes them problematic. No response yet. I'm using Down Dog for yoga, and it is free till the end of January because of pandemic. I've set up my new day timer for client management. We'll keep using the paper version as I have been. Man, I'm loving my, my day timer. Or not my day timer, my uh, Philofax. Yeah. Um, we're ordering from Misfit Market to get cheap organic fruits and veggies mailed to us to cut down on needing to shop. Um, there's a, uh, Michelle left a discount code in, a, in another comment. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, on 133. Um, I've not been able to consume visual media over pandemic but I've listened to a lot of audiobooks. I made my reading goal and then some. I'm at 107 out of 100 books. I, that's impressive, really. Uh, I have at least three more before the end of the year. Ask, which is a book about uh, consent culture by Kitty Stryker. Harrow the Ninth, which I was, wish was on audiobook already. And the third one will be cited upon having finished writing my presentation. I'm on some staycation time so I can write. Well, also because my last time off that wasn't medical was July of 2019. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a, a, a thing. Um, and, and I got to say, I loved Harrow. Um, a lot of people didn't. Um, but I thought, like, it was a little confusing going in. But as I got more into it, it just got a really fascinating... Um, and for people who were, you know, I guess expecting more Gideon or whatever, it was it it was going to be a little bit of a of a smack. But um, I got to say, uh, I enjoyed it. I kept reading. Yeah. yeah, when it comes together in the end, just amazing. Um, overall, things are good, and I'm glad we're now in the time of year that the days are getting longer again. Oh God, yes. Much warmth and care to you both and your extended household. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. So uh, what was it here? Uh, oh, from Catherine uh, about my interview with Anna Creech. Uh, it was fascinating to hear Anna talk about having to be nicer in her emails because I can probably almost literally count on one or two hands the number of emails I've ever sent that don't start hi slash dear whatever and then end with some kind of sign off and most of the ones that don't are probably the fourth or fifth email in an email conversation with someone since they've already switched to the format right right because we all do the you know mm -hmm. the oh god i well no wait actually come to think of it a lot of my emails don't start with any endearment they it, it it depends on what what kind of email i'm writing like if i'm writing to someone to say hey will you be a guest on the show uh, certainly that introductory email will have some sort of a, a greeting. If I'm replying to someone who sent me a greeting, I will certainly return the greeting because that's the polite thing to do. Um, so, yeah. 
Now I'm angsting about my correspondence it's, skills. It's fine. There are several other things where I'm just like, I dash off a quick note and put down, you know, dash K as the, the sign-off or, or whatever. My so. God, half the time I don't even do that. I figure they saw the, the email address. They know right. who it is. My notes to my editors are like, here's a thing. I wrote the thing. It's your thing now. Oh, God, what even is time? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I may be biased because my main uses of email so far have been talking to professors and job hunting. Uh, job hunting is a whole nother ball of wax. Yep. And I learned how to be good at email by sending a bunch of emails asking about disability accommodation stuff and extensions for work and that kind of thing in high school and then college. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot that goes into it contextually. Um, you can go with the high formal, everything must have a greeting, everything must have a, a signature or sign-off of some sort at the end, but that's all up to, uh, you know, a, a lot depends on who you're corresponding with and the situation and all that sorts of things. I, I will say that almost no one at work, unless it's like a company-wide email or something, um, actually like does a... a, a Hi, Kevin, or hey, you know, or anything like that as an intro. So, um, uh, yeah, that, it's kind of interesting. Um, also, a hi, Kevin. Uh, this one is from Emily. Um, I had a couple of comments about working from home related to recent episodes of Productivity Alchemy. Uh, on episode 176 with Jim Hall, you talk about having separate computers for work and personal use. You do mention briefly that some people may not have the financial resources to do that, but you also seem to assume that most people have computers through their workplace. Uh, that may not may be true in tech jobs, but not in other jobs, especially the nonprofit world. Very true. Very true. Um, I work for a museum, and while I do have a desktop at work, it's pretty old and slow, and getting it home would be a hassle. There's no way the museum could afford to give us all laptops, which means when I'm working from home, I'm using my personal laptop. There's no way around it. I'm not bringing this up to complain about my situation, but to express another perspective. It can be frustrating when productivity tips are essentially have enough money to buy things to make your life easier, when most people aren't in that situation. Even if I did have the money to get a new computer, it would be weird for me to buy a computer for work use. I, that is completely, completely understandable, and I apologize for uh, my, I guess, essentially... Glossing over the... Glossing over or bias of that, yeah. Um I know several people who have the opposite problem. Their only access to computers was through work. Um, so they didn't have one at home, or uh, if they did, it was mostly through, like, cell phone or whatever. But, like, computer and real web browsing, things like that, that all happened at work or school or works or still happens at work or school. Um, I think the mobile revolution has been a, a major uplift for a lot of people who didn't didn't have accessible tech. Right, um, right. Especially with the lower cost smartphones now where you can get your email and your thing on a phone that, you know, doesn't cost as much as three of my car payments. Right. When I had car payments. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's um, I, I think a lot of the, the tips, though, can probably be, uh, kept the same, you know, with the separation of, of work and personal on your personal machine. And that brings me back to the letter. Well, that's uh, the problem. How do you separate work when your work machine and your personal machine right. is that you can't just close the laptop? Well, here it comes. Um, that being said, I've managed to have a fairly good separation between work and personal things on my laptop. 
I use a separate browser for all my work-related tasks and keep all work files in a separate folder. I do still sometimes check my personal email or other websites during the workday. Uh, if I incorporate it into my routine, I'll finish this task, then check Tumblr, then go back to work. It's not too disruptive. Um, yeah, that's yeah. almost how you'd have to do it. Yep. Uh, the only kind of visual signal I can think of is if there was some way to like uh, change your desktop background automatically from I am at work. Okay, now my desktop background has changed and this is a, a not work computer. Because if you're anything yeah. like me, your your home screen is kind of home. And like, I know I had moved a kajillion times and I was super uprooted. And then <laughs> I got my computer finally and got it open. And it was, uh, my, my desktop background, the, the one that I yeah, had yeah. with the little chibi Ganesh on it. And <laughs> I was like, Oh God, I'm finally home. Yeah. Uh, and I, which I don't know if there's an easy way to do that, but that's how I'd psych myself out. There, there are a couple ways. There are a couple ways. Uh, with, with the more modern stuff, older versions of Windows did not have virtual desktops. The new one kind of does where you can have like, um, or on, on a Mac, uh, where you can like have a desktop dedicated to a certain set of tasks and flip between them. Um, there are a couple tools that will let you set different backgrounds on those. So it's, it's kind of, there, there are ways to do it, yeah. Um, the other comment I had is about various conversations you've had on the podcast recently about the benefits of working from home and how more companies are going to move towards remote only. While this may be great for certain types of companies, it's not going to work for many others. That's true. Absolutely. I can't wait to get back to the museum. Everything is so much harder working at home. My entire job is engaging people with the stories at the museum, and that's really difficult if we're not at the museum. Absolutely. Yeah, my coworkers and I are managing and finding new ways to engage people virtually, but I want to be back in my office next door to a taxidermied brown bear, a 36,000-year-old fossilized step bison, an amazingly handcrafted uh, alabascan beadwork, um, etc., etc. Working in my spare room just isn't the same. That is completely true. There are a lot of companies that never will go mm -hmm. back to that. And it's not even companies, institutions like, I mean, like museums, obviously you have to be there. But right. the, yeah, I, I think a lot of the tech work is probably the big thing we're going to see shift. Yeah. And some um, other things, uh, you know, we just heard about uh, remote uh, uh, counseling appointments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. All of this is a long-winded way of saying that I'm seeing more and more people talking about not wanting to go back to offices and how wonderful remote working can be, and I feel very alone. I can't be the only one who wants to stop working from home, right? Um, no, you absolutely aren't. I know several people who are um, in situations where they're like, I need to go back to my office, or their their jobs are, are very you know public-facing or have a very situational kind of attitude about it. A lot of the people I talk to, I admit, um, lately have been working from home and for them it's new. I've been a remote worker for, huh, it's going to be a decade. Never this year. do the math. It's going to be a decade this year. And it's, and for me, it's the right choice. I understand it's not going to be the right choice for some people. Um, and what they, you know, and, and I understand that. And there are companies who are absolutely going to be like, nope, we can all come back into the office now. Uh, and there will be people who will be ecstatic with that decision and people who won't be. 
I, I really hope that the people who don't want to go back uh, have the option of remote work yeah. where they have where they can. I mean, there's uh, certainly I think a lot of people wanted to work remote that did not have the option. Yes. Uh, probably over you know people who wanted to work in a, in the office but didn't have the option. Uh, right. Right. But, yeah. That's that's a there's a there's although a big we have co-working there. spaces now, just because people want to go somewhere, they want to go sake. somewhere to get out of their house. But they but and a lot of that has been focused on in prior years. In prior years, um, a lot of that was focused on freelancers or independent contractor kinds of people. Right. Um, not on people like me who work remote but have like steady job kind of thing. Right. Um, oh God, and it was so expensive too. Like I looked into it, it was really pricey, uh, so uh, it wasn't something I could easily justify. Hound, we gotta stop you getting into the cat food, sweetie. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm uh, internet. I'm looking at Hound, and Hound has uh, Hound has figured out how to raid the kitten food, and while we think we have fixed it mostly, mostly, uh, she was uh, she was definitely grazing there for a bit, and uh, sweetie, but. There's 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 more hound than there was. Hound is hound is yeah. All of hound is good. Um Emily goes on to say anyway just wanted to get that off my chest. Thanks for the wonderful work on the podcast and I look forward to listening to more episodes in the new year. Say hi to all the human dogs, cats and chickens for me. Oh, I did when this one came in. Um uh and then from uh here on episode 157, uh which is where we talked to Claire Miller last. Um Quote, I love the phrase tiny mushrooms in heroic poses and how Claire uh, recited Jabberwocky during a down moment. Such delight to add to my morning. Thank you both. <laughs> yeah, I left I left Claire alone with the with the thing while I dealt with dogs or something and yeah. I came back to Jabberwocky. I thought it was hysterical too. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Tango on uh, Hey, I know him. Yeah, episode one eighty. Uh, where we talked about 2020 in review, and we talked to Shauna Forrester. Um, you mentioned how hard it can be to write when depressed, and you're absolutely right. Oh, God. This resulted in an unplanned hiatus for my podcast that has basically turned into the unplanned end. Um, I built some mediocre drama during year one. I opened year two with an in-world counterpart to the Australian wildfires. I was ready to move into happier, lighter things, and wham, pandemic. I started a new project this year that's an unscripted take on something that crosses my mind each day, called Tango's Takes. Not trying to, um, uh, yeah, not trying to be positive. I think is going to help this succeed, and I've, I'll have a link to Tango's Takes in the thing, uh, in the notes. Uh, from Chris, some bela- uh, somewhat belated. I, I, but before we go, that I will point out that uh, mm-hmm. that yes, it is very hard. We have had a a fairy tale for Hidden Almanac. Yes. Scripted for about eleven months. Uh, no, no, not quite that long. We we've we've been we were chewing on the idea for at least six months before the scripting actually happened. Yes, and yeah. have we? The script has been written for months and months and months and months, like yeah. the better part of a year. And have we done it? We have not. Have we recorded nope. KUEC despite being home? No, we have not. We it's it's. It's a lot. It's yeah. it's everything I can do to get well, the words that you know to get the words out. And yeah, it's and hard. Yeah, I uh, between with this and my day job and trying to balance the rest out. And where do I have a black pen? Um, it's 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 hard. 
it really is hard to to go with some of those more creative things. Um, yeah, and I I really hope this year puts the final nail in the coffin of the tormented artist or that you need suffering to create because wow, mm-hmm. not many of us are creating. Right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, carry on, dear. Yeah, um, somewhat belated as I catch up on episodes. This is from Chris. But a trick I stumbled on many years ago, if you ever need to get Sharpie or permanent marker or dried-on-dry erase marker off a whiteboard, put a couple drops of hand sanitizer, just the normal alcohol-based kind, onto a paper towel and wipe. It'll cut right through it like magic. Can't speak to the effectiveness or safety of doing so on foam whiteboard, but if it's shiny, it, it might be non-porous enough to stand up to it. So uh, that's actually a handy tip. Um, I should have tried that. Oh, that's probably why the uh, that the gentian purple finally came off because I used hand sanitizer yeah. a couple times. Yeah, we spritzed Daryl the chicken. Uh, he had an injury on the back of his head, and we spritzed it with blue coat, which is a vet spray, and it stains intensely purple. Yes, and this is known in vet circles as I believe gentian purple or gentian violet, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, That'll stain you good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I think uh, there are a couple drops where it, like, dripped off or something on a towel, and it's like, oh, yeah, that blue stain is never going away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. From Jennifer. Uh, and I will own up to um, misting up a little when I read this, and it may still do that to me as I go through it. So there's your warning. Um We've reached a moment in time, by the way, this was written on Friday. Um, We've reached a moment in time that is devastating and enveloping. You posted today on Twitter, and it reminded me why I listened to your podcast. Bit by bit, you can chip away and bring productivity into your life. Each piece is beautiful and worth celebration. I can put on my work hat and walk in tall and proud because I am trained. I guarantee you I will never experience weird shit at work and not know how to handle it. Because I am trained. I can run productivity circles around my contemporaries. I am very good at what I do. But life, it does other things. As a single mom with three boys, 6, 9, and 13, I'm clueless. As a woman in these times, I have some opinions. As a conservationist, I tear down walls of water rights for indigenous rights. I find myself feeling like I am caught in a dry desert flash flood. Standing in a dry wash as the monsoon drops rain down and floods a wash overwhelmed and hurt but because of you and ursula making coffee feeding the kids scooping the litter box and reading is productive enough and god willing the rain that comes will give us tomatoes next season i am yeah honored that we can help yeah in in any way i mean yeah it's enough getting through this is enough making the coffee is enough i mean Nobody's ever going to come up and be like, <laughs> did you meet your year-end goals during the coup? You're not going to, yeah, it's not going to happen, you know? No. I mean, okay, maybe, but if you, they are, you have a really shitty employer. Um, right. I've worked for people like that in the past, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so, in which case, may I suggest using any productivity you may have left over to find a job with people who don't suck like that? <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, just, just getting through this is enough. Yeah. I, it's, it's all a lot. 
Like there are points where I'm just like, yep, cannot, cannot deal. Uh, gonna go play video games and be in a world that has clearly defined laws and makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, thank you, Jennifer. And I needed that. I really did need that on Friday, and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of times, you know, you fall into the oh God. Am I just podcasting while Rome burns? Yeah, yeah, really. Final one, final letter from Damien. Um, this is about manager folk not t- taking their time off after our discussion last week with um, uh, with Blade. Um, oh Lord, you're describing 2020 for me. You're telling everyone to look after themselves. Productivity isn't as important as health, and making sure at least the corporate world isn't adding to the stress of a world in crisis. Then looking in the mirror and saying, not for you. Try to be kind to your pointy-haired idiots. Most of us are struggling, but trying our very best to make your lives easier. Uh, and I, I appreciate that, at least with my management chain. Um, I have lucked into a place where I have very, very good uh, overall managers, um, and so, yeah, and, uh, yeah, occasionally you do have to like put your foot on their backside and say, you need to take time off too. Um, uh, but they listen. So it's, it's usually pretty good. That's all our letters. Yes. I want to say thank you to Damien, Jennifer, Tango, Chris, uh, Kier, Emily, Catherine, Michelle, Dana, and Corey for all of your wonderful letters and comments and things like that. Um, you can comment on posts. I think I've mostly fixed the email issues. Um, you can comment on, uh, you can use the comment form or you can email me directly, Kevin at sunny, S-O-N-N-E-Y dot com. That's on the website. So um, I'm going to leave it at that and we will be right back after this. Again, thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, absolutely fantastic uh, hearing from you. And uh, there's one other update that is not an official update, like for the letters show thing. Um, I was getting a little worried about Dino because I hadn't heard from him from a while. And I know, and he's talked about this, that the winter is really bad. Oh, yeah. Right? With the seasonal affective disorder and things like that. Dino's fine. Yay. Had a really good holiday with his boyfriend and his boyfriend's family. Um and uh, has some YouTube stuff that he's put up that I'm going to check out and probably link to the episode as well. Uh, Dino, we love you, and uh, you know, don't don't uh, don't forget about us when you're YouTube famous. <laughs> um, so our word for this week, our badge code for this week, is aftermath. Um, we're living through it. Uh, another one, yeah. Uh, so you can go to productivityalchemy.com and put that in and get your badge code. And also there you'll find uh, a link to support us, but don't. Yes. Uh, tell your friends and family and all that. We love that kind of support, but we don't need money right now. We yeah. are we are doing fine. 
uh, we're good and we would rather you give it to someone who needs it. Um, we have talked about the various charities we suggest, food banks, always good, things like that. Yep. But a specific one this month, this week is the Climate Science Legal Defense Fund. Oh, hell and, yeah. And uh, I, uh, I think I kicked them like five bucks a month or something. They have a... a ongoing thing and basically these are the people that if you're a climate scientist and an oil company sues you for saying things that make their bottom line look bad uh these are the people that jump in to help and they are also the uh people who maintain um the uh uh jointly maintain the silencing science tracker which keeps a running tally of the instances of federal and state government attempts to censor or otherwise inhibit scientific processes or the use of scientific information so and the thing is most oh, yeah. scientists are just you know perfectly nice people just being like this is what the facts say and then, but there are some very powerful interests who attempt to silence that you oh, yeah. know, with lawsuits, uh, death threats, things like that. And uh, you want to have somebody to help them out. How many, how many years was the tobacco industry squashing the science on uh, yeah. the impacts of, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, decades. So, and, yeah, you know, very important. God only knows what this looks like, you know, in the age of COVID, but uh, 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 mostly they do climate science. So. Yeah. Well, then, uh, I absolutely, uh, endorse that particular mission. Um, if you want to, you know, like us, uh, share us, like Ursula said, let's do it. Um, we, yes. we love, uh, hearing from you, write us letters and, uh, and if you want to support someone local to your community, you can never go wrong with the food bank. Absolutely. Uh, I got some really cool interviews coming up. I'm really excited about them and we'll be sharing them with you, uh, between now and I guess uh, the 11th of February, which will be our next letter show. At least that's what it's scheduled for. Um, and you know, it's, it's tough out there. I know it's tough out there. Um, we can only do our best. It, it, even the tough aside, it's just weird. Like how many times a day, do you, I don't know about you guys, but like at least once or twice a day, I'm just like, this is so weird. It is. It's just, you have this moment where the surrealness of everything just wallops you, and you're like, wow, this is messed up. It's, uh, it's yeah, and any little bit of productivity you, are manage, you manage to get out is good enough, and even if that involves, you know, making the coffee, uh, having a shower, and... Scooping the litter box. Scooping the litter box. If that's all you can do, then you have been productive. Woo! Ha, ha, ha.